0: You're listening to Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company's podcast plays on today's season one finale, Coffee by Mary Darling, featuring the voice talents of Matthew Garland and Jake Lewis. Listener discretion is advised. Stick around after the podcast for a brief interview with the playwright Mary Darling. And now, please enjoy Coffee on Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company's podcast plays.
1: Sorry I'm late, man. It's okay. I didn't even notice. Been working on this contract on it for the last however many minutes you are late. Sweet. Sounds fun. <sighs> yeah, you bet. I see you stopped at Dunks today. Thought you were more of a Starbucks guy.
0: Ugh. Don't even get me started on coffee. I go between
1: a few places. Oh. Cool. Well, it seems like usually people are diehard fans of one place. True. I am forever getting
0: bad coffees. Th- then I have to make a second stop on the way for a replacement coffee. On a really bad day, I have to make a third stop
1: for a replacement, replacement coffee. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't most people just suffer through a bad coffee and hope for a better one tomorrow.
0: I forgot you're not a coffee drinker. Yeah, guess I can't really relate. A bad coffee is a morning ruiner. I usually shake it up a little bit after a bad initial sip in case it just wasn't stirred. If it's still subpar after that, I take a few more sips and call it. Of course, By then, I have already left the drive-thru and am most likely already on the highway, at which point I have to consider the options that are on the way to work. I know there's a McDonald's, one Honeydew, five Dunkin' Donuts, and two Starbucks. McDonald's is a good replacement option because it's only $1, and their caramel coffee is really good. Caramel is my favorite. But I only get that at Dunkin's or McDonald's sometimes Starbucks, but they usually put too much of the flavor syrup in and it's too sweet in a bad way. Very artificial tasting. Whereas the McDonald's one is less overpowering. Now at Dunkin's you have the choice of the syrup or the swirl, the swirl being the superior choice. However, if they don't put enough, that's a whole different story. Anyway. Honeydew is on the left side of the road and is a challenge to get to because of the light and then It's a challenge to get back to the route in a timely manner So I could be tacking on seven to ten minutes depending on the line I also have to play around with flavor choices there and sugar and cream ratios Sometimes I'll get their pumpkin or mocha madness or the blueberry cinnamon But all of the choices are a gamble out of the five Dunkin' Donuts, four are on the right, one is on the left. The one on the left is a walk-in, so that's two strikes against it already. Much like the honeydew situation, it's in a congested area with a light on a major route, so it's a nightmare. I stopped once for a replacement, and the line was wicked long, but I waited, ordered my large caramel swirl, dark roast, two and two, which is a gamble half the time, too, I play around with the ratios lately because I get so many subpar coffees. But anyway, they took my order and charged me, and then when they handed it to me, they told me they had no more dark roast. So naturally, it was not what I wanted. It also didn't have enough caramel swirl in it, so that was fun. The other four choices have drive throughs but only one of them is worth it. It's in a gas station, truck stop right on the side of the road, and there is never a line. They also make good coffee. I either get my usual caramel swirl or I get pumpkin. No complaints. I know what you're thinking. Why don't I just go there in the first place? Because that is 20 minutes into the commute, and it is habit and necessity that I get coffee within the first five minutes of my drive. It's part of my routine, and I am very big on routine. As for Starbucks, they are both walk-ins, and they are both crowded. It's a gamble there. I like their macchiatos, but I don't want a macchiato every day, especially not for five fucking dollars to potentially be unsatisfied.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sounds like you really got it down to a science. Well, almost. Uh, other than the fact that you sometimes buy three coffees in one morning,
0: yeah, no, it's not ideal. I don't care about the money, but some days it's adding up to around seven dollars. It's two forty-five for a large at Dunkin'. It's a at McDonald's. It's around two thirty-five for a regular non-specialty coffee at Starbucks, and and I forgot Honeydew, but it's around the two thirty mark. The stopping three times is the most annoying part and having to get rid of the prior coffee, sometimes the drive-through trashes are overflowing. Sometimes I have to open my door to empty my shitty full coffee out because I don't want to be a complete asshole and throw a full coffee in a trash that someone is going to have to empty. It's a process.
1: I guess it's a good thing I don't like coffee.
0: It's also a matter of what I'm in the mood for. Like, I like Starbucks coffee more. It's got a bold, full-bodied taste, so I just put a splash of whole milk and ask for like half the amount of caramel pumps they would ordinarily put in a venti. I'll drink that close to black. I don't like Dunkin's Coffee Black, so it needs one to two creams and one sugar, at least. My issue with them, though, is one cream in a large isn't enough. But usually when I say two, they go too heavy on it. And, and the coffee is way too light, which I do not enjoy.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you uh,
0: really know what you like. You're damn right I do. That morning coffee sets the tone for my whole day. Three bad coffees before I even get to work? I'm setting myself up for failure right there. Not only am I pissed that I'm late, but I'm also crabby because I need caffeine. I also love the taste of coffee, when it's good of course, and have grown accustomed to enjoying every morning on the 45-minute commute.
1: Why don't you just make it yourself? Uh, what? I'm just saying, if you made it yourself, you could make damn sure that it was to your liking every morning. You could save yourself the hassle of having to make multiple stops You could save some money as well, not that money matters, but it just seems like you'd be doing yourself a favor. Then, if it comes out bad, you have no one to blame but yourself. Why the fuck would I do that? I don't wanna blame
0: myself for bad coffee. God, that's a stupid idea.
1: Right, you just wanna complain about coffee every morning. I understand.
0: It is someone's job to make the coffee. They are paid to do it. It's not my job. I want to keep the baristas of the world employed so that they can continue to feed their families and put clothes on their backs. I'm not an asshole. Like some people.
1: What's that supposed to mean? I think you know what it means. No, I don't think I do.
0: I don't buy that you don't LIKE coffee. I bet you do. In fact, I bet you LOVE coffee. You're just too cheap. I'm most certainly not cheap. And you think their profession is below you, you pretentious asshole.
1: I... I'm pretentious? You're the one going on and on and on about your fucking coffee fails that you very well could correct yourself by making your own damn coffee. I'm not cheap. I just put an addition on my house, you piece of shit.
0: Yeah, thanks to your wife's whoring around town.
1: Is everything okay over there? Fuck
0: off, Sally. No one wants to talk to you.
1: Sorry, fellas. Oh, don't talk to Sally like that.
0: I'll talk to Sally however I damn well please. Stay the hell out of this, Sally, you snaggle-toothed dick-sucker!
1: Hey, 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 hey. You
0: know it's true. We all do. She's blown everyone in the office. Don't act like you didn't get one of those tooth jobs from her when you found out about your wife. I was there. We all were.
1: I should get back to this point.
0: Yeah. I should make some phone calls. Hey, guys, it's about that time of the day. I'm going to do a coffee run. Anyone want anything? You have just heard Coffee by Mary Darlin on Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company's podcast plays. Now, a brief interview with the playwright, Mary Darling. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. You have just heard the season finale of season one, that is, to uh Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company's podcast plays. That was the play that uh, I'm, I'm still laughing from, even though I've read it and, and listened to it a bunch of times, Coffee by Mary Darling. And... The Darling Mary is here with us. Mary, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Now, it should be disclosed to the, uh, the listener here that Mary and I know each other a little bit within the playwriting community. Uh, Mary, you were actually the person responsible for getting me into this whole one minute playwriting thing uh so mary uh kind of sponsored um i don't know when this was maybe two to three years ago now something like that i know it
2: feels like yesterday but time has been lost and it was like three years ago probably
0: yeah right i know uh but mary a, a very active playwright herself uh she i guess she had read something of mine or seen something she's like you should try one minute plays and i said how can you tell a play in one minute how can you tell a story in one minute and so i read some of hers and like oh i guess you can um Hers are so much better than mine, but but she had this. Yes, yes. No, stop. She had this festival and I'm going to stop talking in a minute, and she was kind enough to include some of mine. But uh, so if you ever get a chance, read Mary's work on the new play exchange. But this play uh, a little bit longer than a minute um, hysterical. It's about coffee. And when I was rehearsing it with the other gentleman in it, he said, this is such a millennial play uh it's it's true but that's what makes it so great so Mary is is this true to your life do you have this uh this drive to find the perfect cup of coffee and does it weigh on your conscience as much as the character in the play
2: I think at the time I wrote it I was it was so now I'm one of those kind of coffee douchers like I I have a French press and I whip myself and like (laughs) Sometimes I get one out, but like okay. mostly I don't. Um, but at the time I was commuting like an hour, you know, two hours total. So in the morning I would be like, I need a coffee at like 6 30. And you know, sometimes I would hit like more than one place because I would get like a bad coffee. And I don't want to be rude and like send it back because I'm not that kind of person. Right. But I'd be like, oh, I guess I'll stop and get another one and so it felt like funny. And I was working in an office environment at that time. And, um, you know, I had great coworkers, but there are always people who are just kind of like in the office that are maybe a certain personality or right. like someone you're kind of like, yeah, shut the fuck up. And I feel like I just ran with the energy of like the coffee or like the non coffee drinkers in the office and just the random people who will chime in sometimes. And I kind of just ran with it. And it's kind of funny too that, that this place kind of coming out of the woodwork because I think I did write it like, I don't know, five years ago. And more recently, I've had people like read it or comment it or ask to use it for things. So mm-hmm. it's making it comeback.
0: It is making a comeback. I mean, coffee, it's always going to be here. People love coffee. People feel very passionate about coffee. Now, your characters mm-hmm. in the play, they talk about uh, they talk about Dunkin Donuts, of course, they talk about Starbucks. Uh, If you're not from Massachusetts, you might not get the Honeydew Donuts reference. Uh, That's where Mary and I are from. Mary, uh, are you able to tell us which kind of coffee you prefer the most now?
2: I will tell you. uh, Again, I'm kind of a douche. I will say I do prefer. (laughs) I hate myself for this. Gas station
0: coffee?
2: Okay, well, no, I'm not disgusting. (laughs) Okay. but you know, in a pinch, sure. Yeah. Um, no, but I, uh, I definitely like local coffee a lot. Like, there's a couple of places around here I'll hit, but um, I'll do, I'll do Starbucks. You know, oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a fancy, you know, macchiato drinker. I'm a pretty plain like, I'm someone who's now can't have like cream in my coffee. Like, I'm one of those oh. people now. So, oh. Yeah, i become. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a non-dairy coffee drinker. So I you know, that does limit the options too sometimes.
0: So, but you're not, you're not a coffee black person because like, I just like the taste of pure coffee when it's black.
2: No, I'll, I will say like, I do, people are going to hate me. I do find like Dunkin' Donuts to be kind of watery. I'll mm-hmm. say that. And so like, yeah. I don't necessarily, I'll go, like, don't get me wrong. Like I go like once a week when I'm driving home from the gym because it's here because I yeah. live in like an area that like Starbucks is like 30 minutes from. And, and um, Dunkin' Donuts
0: in Massachusetts is on every corner.
2: Well, it is so totally convenient but i usually drink it actually like at home when i make it i drink it with oat milk because i like oat milk or like i'll do like. almond when i'm out but like of course like you're saying like if i were a gas like a gas station or like a cumbies person like the options would be black and like i'm not drinking that coffee black so
0: okay good to know good to know uh it's funny, I, I visit my wife's family up in the way, way, way upper peninsula of, uh, of Michigan, and we have to have gas station coffee when we go out. You know, there's no, I mean, I guess you could go to the big boy or you could go buy some uh, coffee in the bag, but it's, it's certainly not, not the same. I, I get where you're coming from there. So, uh, so, Mary, tell us about some of the other uh, things that you have written. Uh, so this is like a five to 10 minute play. Have you written a full length play? Have ever asked to do that?
2: Uh, yeah, I have written a couple of full length plays and yeah. two of them um, I've had the privilege of having fully produced um, within the last couple of years. So I have one that's um, essentially two people meet through this dating service called Marry Me Darling. And it's like, um they're trying to make a contract like determining like how long like a one year two year you know whatever agreement on like dating terms and so they have like an artificial intelligence that is like managing this and she's kind of an asshole
0: okay um
2: and she definitely doesn't like the man and um so they go through it but like throughout it they recount like flashbacks of their failed relationships to come up with these terms so like there's different players who come out to act those out um it's very funny interesting um, so that's one of them and that had a production in fitchburg uh in 2019
0: okay okay and, and you got one coming up now is that a one act one
2: full length oh, full a, length okay uh, yeah um so i just had that done in lowell it's called good grief departure right. from this uh this subject matter um it's a little more heavy it definitely deals with loss, but it also kind of combines like the humorous things that come along with that. So it's an eleven-person cast. So there's a lot oh of different. Yeah, it's huge. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of like moving pieces and like different characters that I think help round out like a lot of the really heavy, heavy stuff in there. Um, and it's a little longer, even even in general. Um, not even a little. It's it feels it's it's kind of long. Um, but okay. that is coming out. Uh, like mid-December in Worcester for two nights only
0: Awesome. Around. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to go to see that. So you've written one-minute plays. You've written these, you know, between one and 10. You've written one act. You've written full length. Do you ever, and I just thought about this question off the top of my head, this is not planned, but do you ever write a one-minute play, like that's what you start with, and then you come back to it and expand on it to make it a longer, whether that's 10, one, 10 minute one act full length
2: i love this question because i do i keep all my work yeah this is a great question that you didn't plan um i keep all of my work so i uh, honestly on our terms which was my full length play about the relationship contract and stuff that started out as like 10 different 10 minute plays i had that all had like the the same theme and those essentially became the flashbacks um so and then i'm pretty sure one of my one minute plays like has a larger part of another piece i wrote more recently so i definitely expand on i definitely cut a lot i definitely keep all the versions because sometimes i put things back in Mm -hmm. um later so like even Mm -hmm. like good grief there it used to be called tracks there's like there's like 80 versions of this taking up my google drive basically (laughs) but it's funny to ask about that because i do think um, the little plays like sometimes really spark just a whole like movement, I guess, in my head,
0: yeah, yeah. It, it's it's helped me because when I you know before, honestly, before you and before I started writing the one minute plays, I would come up with an idea, and I'm like, that's not long enough for a ten minute play or or something like that. And but then I, I'll write it out as a one minute play or two minutes, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, huh, well, maybe I can go some more places with that. So, so that's that's great that you do that. I gotta say, one of the things that I love about your plays, Mary, the ones that I that I've read, I haven't read all of them, I will confess, but uh, Coffee as well as several of the one-minute plays that I saw in that festival is, uh, you're pretty blunt in it. Like, you know, you don't you don't hold back. Uh, you know,
2: it's,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's sort of Coen Brothers-ish in terms of like the the language and and it's like the Big Lebowski, you know, sort sort of oh, like. That.
2: What a compliment!
0: No, it is. That's a great. That's a I great play.
2: It. I love, it. I love yeah. it. I've got my dude robe on now. Okay,
0: me. that's true. If, uh, listener, you can't see. She is dressed like the dude. No, that's but um, of- you you go there is basically what I'm trying to say. So, had I written this play, coffee. Uh, or if anyone else had, uh, I don't think that I would have had the balls, quite honestly, to put in the whole thing <laughs> with Sally, the the uh, the woman in the office. Um, and it's probably sexist for me to say that, but from a f- coming from a female playwright such as yourself, I didn't expect that at all. You know, I for yeah, some reason no, that I would,
2: makes sense.
0: Yeah, I would think that. Yeah, so, uh, so my my question for that is, like, what, g- I guess, what gives you the courage to be able to,
2: push, right.
0: yeah, to push the envelope that far? And, uh, you know, do you ever, like, are you ever worried that you're going to offend people with some of that? This
2: is, this is a great question. You're just on fire with the question. Hey. Um, I should hire you to be my personal, like, interviewer for everything. Um, credit to Jake do. Lewis. So I actually, so I go there because I feel like for me, I want to see shit that's relatable. And I think on TV and it like shows that I think are done really well, like whether they're like Netflix originals or like mm. whatever, like they go there. And I think theater should do the same, even if it's uncomfortable. So like, I don't give a fuck if I make people uncomfortable. I will say I come from a place of trying not to offend. Like I am very passionate about like, you know, pieces that are relatable and that are inclusive and that are diverse and things like that. Um, and so I don't think my subject matter is like crude but I do think it's like you're saying it's blunt it's you know I had someone tell me after one of my shows where I said um you know the c word yeah. that they don't usually like it at all in plays but they felt like it worked and it surprised them because they're usually wildly offended it was kind of an older yeah. woman I was like well, okay and like my mom is very like but she yeah. loves it all too so I think there is I think I think I try to write how people talk and not that everybody talks like, like this man talks to Sally by, by any stretch.
0: Right. Right. Um,
2: but I think sometimes there's just parts of that in there. Now, when it comes to being worried about offending people, I'll say that I think because of cancel culture, it's like a very difficult time to be an artist. Mm. And I think I know you have some some feelings on that too. I've followed some of the things you've said. Um, and I think that can make it scary because we're here creating things and sometimes they're based on history. Sometimes they're based on real you know not even based on but sometimes like we're capturing real people that are total degenerates but those people exist and i don't think we should stay away from that because people want to take it out of context or think we're on the side of something we're not we're bringing stories to life so even when i get scared sometimes uh and i've had it burn me a few times in small ways because Mm. of i think misinterpretation or or what have you so i do try to walk cautiously with some of that but i also try to just have the mentality that like you know what, if you don't fucking like it, you don't fucking like it, but hopefully you can see that this is like a piece of art. This isn't my personal opinion. This isn't, yeah. I'm not this degenerate.
0: <laughs> right, right. So. Degenerate just pays rent in your head, right?
2: Yeah, he, that's what happens. Exactly. So,
0: so, But one of the things that uh, that you said that um, uh, someone else once said to me is, You know, you're talking about like these are real people in a way. And I know that not all men hopefully uh, speak like this man did, too. But um, it was it was something that I came to late in the playwriting, my playwriting education, where you don't have to have likable characters. You know what I mean?
2: That's it. You don't because we don't like everybody.
0: Right. And I always thought like, well, the audience has to like the main character. No, I think that the audience has to, in some ways, be able to relate to the characters, but but even that not always, and so that really changed a lot of my perspective on writing. I wrote a play, and you know, at the end of it, it's it's like really kind of nasty, and I was showing it to someone that are like, this is not a happy ending, and I'm, but and I was like, yeah, you're right, it's it's probably not gonna le- let the audience awesome. you know be very happy, and but then I thought, wait a minute, but it doesn't have to be a happy ending, you know what I mean? So
2: so happy you said this because we have this conversation all the time um like my boyfriend at home about work and stuff and like I think part of the reason and from what I've heard from people and and I also try to engage the non-theatrical audience too. like I don't really write for like people that consider themselves like the theater expert Like, and I and I write because I do the same thing and I think I try to stay true to like I have had people comment oh it'd be nice if this wrapped up and like I don't want to wrap up because like a lot of real life shit does not wrap up so I respect that you're saying that and I'd love to read that play because I like, I think, and, and and I don't know how you stand on this. It can be controversial in the playwright community, Go but for like, it. I'm a big, I'm a big Neil Butte fan. I don't care what people say about oh, him. Man. I fucking love him and I fucking love his work and I don't care.
0: I gotta be honest. I've I only know one of his things, uh, in the company of men, which was, uh, I saw it as a movie and, oh
1: cool.
0: and so, um, with, uh, uh, Aaron Eckhart, I think long time ago, like before even Aaron Brockovich, before he was famous and, um, I remember I saw that and I was like a teenager and I didn't really know what to expect from it. And I was so disturbed by it afterwards. Like, oh, these are like despicable people. They are. But like, I was like, wow, you know, that that's something that is interesting. I've never really, because I expect plays to be happily ever after or, or resolved in some way. Um, and also another thing I wanted to mention about, since we're talking about coffee, the, the character in it, um, it, I think, And correct me if I'm wrong, or at least one of the ways that I interpreted that character when I was reading it and and seeing how vile his language is and how he lashes out and whatever else is that, yes, it's what you said about sometimes we're kind of hearing the the inner voice too, but it's also just funny. You know what I mean? And I think there's like you know, it's it's a, it's a word. I can understand why some words would offend people, but you know, like the word for is said-
2: that. It doesn't offend me. And I realize a lot of people don't feel that way, but like, I think I kind of do believe, um, in some ways, not all, all by any such, like, I think some words are just plain ugly and like, we should stay away from them. But it's like for that one, I kind of feel like, you know what? I was in the vagina monologues and they have that piece of oh, yeah. claiming it for me I'm like yeah all day like I was in that multiple times
1: and it was a really
2: like empowering time in my life so like for me I'm like um uh, I don't let that word carry any weight but I do let it carry humor for those who want right. it to
0: and surprise you know I mean like I think you're, you're not surprised. expecting it
2: <laughs> yeah I think even myself when I go back and read it I'm like oh that's there <laughs> I forgot yeah
0: right like whoops I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's funny that you forget about that one and it's such a moment. It's such a moment in the place. Yeah.
2: It is a huge like I can't wait to hear to hear it from um yeah. you know with, because I I'm excited.
0: Yeah. You know? So yes, we are recording this before Mary has heard it. So she's saying very nice things about me right now, but we'll we'll have to maybe do a a post a post post interview or, or something like that i don't know but, i'm sure
2: uh, i'll have of good things to say
0: oh well thank you very much yeah and um yeah had a lot of fun with it mary had a lot of fun with it uh because i i don't think i'm a millennial but i think that i can totally relate to you know you're not wanting to say something mean but you want the nice cup of coffee it's 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 wonderful so great work on it as always mary Everybody check out Mary's work, whether it's in a theater near you or on the internet. Uh, if, you, if Especially if you like this one, you got a lot of great stuff in store for you. Mary, thank you for speaking with me today.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company's podcast plays and Coffee by Mary Darling. We are looking for scripts for season two. If you think that you have a play that would work as a podcast play, we would love to read it. Visit www.jakespearevtc.com slash submit. Make sure you press the subscribe button to be notified when season two debuts. In the meantime, you can replay all 12 episodes of season one on Spotify or anywhere that podcasts are available. Coming in January 2022 from Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company, The Extraordinary Adventures of Arsène Lupin, The Radio Plays. Tune in to this podcast beginning in January as we perform all nine original Arsène Lupin mysteries based upon the short stories by Maurice LeBlanc. Until then, thanks for listening.